The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 817, you're tuned to WGNS on this Monday morning, today, October the 2nd. This morning, we're going to learn more from the Daughters of the American Revolution about a fundraiser they're doing that will help out another nonprofit organization here in Rutherford County. Again, the time right now, 818. This morning, we're talking with Teresa Kent with the Daughters of the American Revolution, and that's the Captain William Lytle chapter. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? I am doing good. So we're going to talk about a fundraiser that is coming up, and this fundraiser it's not necessarily for the DAR. Instead, it's raising money for a soldier's child. That's exactly right. It's an interesting story. A soldier's child was founded by Daryl Macklin in 2007 when his neighbor lost their son, Marine Staff Sergeant Marcus Golzinski, in Iraq, and he left behind a young son. Well, Marine Staff Sergeant Marcus Golzinski's mother is in our DAR chapter. And we have honored her by various members participating in their volunteer events in the past. And so this fundraiser is to raise money for them. A Soldier's Child, they really do a lot, not only in our community, but really around the nation. And what they do is they honor not only those who have passed away, but they honor the family and they give birthday gifts. And Christmas Christmas. gifts, yes. And they have uh, a camp. I don't even know what all services they offer because it's so extensive, but it's an amazing organization. And what's really neat is that it started right here. Yes, it did. And this quilt, what we what we are doing is a raffle for a quilt that has 15 historic black and white photographs of Rutherford County. All of the materials for the quilt were purchased in Rutherford County. I made and quilted the quilt, of course, here in Rutherford County. So we've really tried to keep it local because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fundraiser that started here. And how can people bid or, uh, I guess, um, put money in for that quilt? Well, our, uh, we start selling on September 16th, and we will stop selling on November 17th, and that's because of the IRS rules. We're going to draw for the quilt on November 18th at our um, DAR meeting. And then whoever wins will be invited to attend our holiday social, and the quilt will be presented to them. Now, having said that, there are um, three different people that they could call to get tickets. Any member of the Captain William Lytle chapter can get tickets for them. Um, My telephone number is 615-907-9633, and they can call me and leave a message if I don't answer, and I will get back to them and get tickets to them. The ticket pricing is going to be extremely reasonable. One to 19 tickets will be a dollar each. 20 tickets will be $15. 40 tickets will be $20. So you really do get a good chance to win the quilt for a a $20 investment. That's great. So people can uh, put money in to bid or not to bid on it, but to be a part of this raffle. Yes. 
and you could buy 100, 200 tickets if yes. you wanted to. We'll sell. Yes, I've got five. I've got enough to make five thousand dollars. So <laughs> when we end it with that, I guess maybe we'll quit. But <laughs> now, now tell us a little bit about the DAR. Well, Daughters of the American Revolution is um, not a social organization at all. We are an organization where we do things throughout the community and you know try to help various different veterans and other groups that you know just you know community service now if somebody listening wants to be a part of the daughters of the american revolution do they have to prove i guess blood lineage absolutely how do they how do they do that well it, it it gets harder and harder the further away we get from the revolution obviously because the uh the records are sometimes very scarce, but you do it through birth certificates, marriage certificates, death certificates, um, census records, and it, it it's sometimes very difficult to do, but every chapter has a registrar, and her job is to help someone who's interested in joining to get their paperwork together. So you're not in it all by yourself. And for anybody listening, you know, it, it's easy on one end to go through Ancestry.com and kind of trace back your roots and figure out who you're related to in the past, and then I'm sure that would help a lot. It does, and uh, DAR itself has a huge database with a ton of information as well. So once you get to the period of 1800, you know, those period of 1800s, and you start looking at the names of folks who you are related to in in the distance, then I, I guess what you you pull some of those names and then search to see if they were in the revolution. Yes, and again the DAR database you can find them if they were if they've already been proven. Now there are probably a lot of soldiers out there who have nobody's ever proven or been able to connect directly to them. I have one personally in my own line. The documentation just isn't there. I know who his parents are, but I can't prove it. <laughs> it it's interesting, I think, to go back and trace your, your ancestors and to see who you are related to. And, and a lot of U.S. Census information is available from the 1800s. And I'm curious, when you look at that, does it say on there soldier? Because sometimes it says farmer, it says agriculture or something like that. Does it say soldier? You know, I don't know that I've ever seen soldier in a census. I haven't either. I, I don't I, know curious. that it doesn't exist. I just don't think I've ever run across it because 1850 is the census where they started listing family names. Before 1850, it just listed the head of household. Which, which was typically the male. But right. I wonder if that male was, you know, a, a part of the military, if they were away fighting. I wonder if they were still listed or did it list the, the woman as the head of the household? Uh, These are questions we we need to figure out. I really don't know the answer to that, but there wouldn't be census records available for the 1700s for the revolutionary period anyway. That's true. Or nothing useful anyway. (laughs) I can see where it would be hard to figure out who's who. What if you were adopted? That would make it 10 times Mm, harder, wouldn't it? Yes, it it really does. Interesting. But again, going back to the main topic here, (laughs) the Daughters of the American Revolution, you guys are raising money, and it's for... A soldier's child exactly of course the 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 uh, amount that we spent to make the quilt will be deducted first but it's not a large amount well it, it, it's fascinating though the pictures that are on this quilt tell us a little bit about that well we had to have special permission to get these pictures they're not just available to anybody um, Bill Jakes was very generous in giving us the pictures that 
allowing us to use, not giving us, but allowing us to use the pictures that we got. And then we also got a picture of the Captain William Lytle house from the archives. Neat. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that house was on East Main Street. I think so. That's pretty neat. Yeah, the pictures are really awesome. Now, who is Captain William Lytle for anybody listening? Well, it depends on which story you hear and believe. Um, much of what our chapter believed for a long time turned out not to actually be true. But he donated land on which Rutherford County was built. And, of course, Lytle Street is named after yes, him. Yes, yes. There's a lot of history in Rutherford County. And there of course, is. With the Civil War, there's tons of history, just like there is in Franklin, Tennessee. Yes, there is. We're, I think we're an area that's very rich in history, especially because we have the Stones River Battlefield here. Well, yes, and but even going back further than that, most people don't realize that there's a lot of revolutionary history here. There is a marker on the courthouse that lists the names of, I don't know, I think it's five or six people that were from Rutherford County that were major players in the Revolutionary War. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. But that's on the side of the courthouse. Yes, it's on the, I think it's on the east side. Okay. Pretty sure. That That is fascinating. And, mm-hmm. and it is very intriguing to look back into history to kind of see what occurred in the 1700s and the 1800s, because I think we can really learn from that. Oh, yeah. Again, this morning, we're talking about a fundraiser for the DAR, and that fundraiser, the money raised through that, is funneled through the DAR and then goes to a soldier's child. And again, that's an organization that was started locally and they honor fallen members of the military by remembering the children of those. Yes, that's exactly right. And it was started because of Sergeant Golzinski who was killed in the line of duty. And I think, I don't know, I think it was his third tour of duty or so. It was at least his second, I know for sure. I don't know if it was his second or third, but it was not his first and he was killed in Iraq. You know, he was on the air with us right, I think, a couple of weeks before he went to Iraq, and he was talking about how this is, he's been there multiple times, and he's done multiple tours of duty, and uh, he he said he went by, according to all of his friends, Sergeant Ski. (laughs) Right. But it, well, Goldsinski can be hard to say. It is. Even for me, and I know his mother. <laughs> and if you see it written out, I could see where it would be very confusing. So Sergeant Ski made sense. Makes perfect sense to me. But it was his son that was left behind, and, and that's what gave the idea to start this, A Soldier's Child. Yes. If you go to a soldierschild.org and you see on the very first page that little boy, and they're presenting him with the flag, that is... Sergeant Ski's son. And that inspirational photo of Sergeant Mark Golzinski's son was captured by Aaron Thompson with the Associated Press. At the time, he was with the DNJ, I believe. But again, Aaron Thompson captured that heartfelt picture of the local sergeant's son receiving the American flag. Very touching photograph. It is. It's very moving. It it Mm -hmm. says so much. Again, this morning, we're talking with Teresa Kent with the Daughters of the American Revolution. And we're talking about a fundraiser. And as we close this morning... Tell us again how people can donate money to this and, and at the same time enter to win the quilt. Okay, well, 1 to 19 tickets are $10. 20 tickets are $15, and 40 tickets are $20. Of course, we will accept donations also if someone doesn't want 
tickets for the quilt. I mean, you know, quilts are not for everybody. This one's not a bed quilt. It's 58 by 78, I think. It's really meant to be a showpiece, like a wall hanging or, you know, draped over a chair or something like that. And they can phone me um, for to, to get raffle tickets, and I can take care of it or put them in touch with somebody else who can meet them or whatever. And uh, my telephone number is 615-907-9633. And if I don't answer, just leave a message because I do work part-time. So So 907-9663. That's right. Call it, and then uh, there you'll help them get those tickets. Absolutely. Sounds good. Again with us this morning, Teresa Kent with the Daughters of the American Revolution. And of course, we'll also post this on our website that you can listen to it in our podcast section at WGNSRadio.com. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Get ready for Bloom Nighted Weekdays with MTSU Football. MTSU will be hosting not one, but two incredible games in October. The first on Wednesday, October 4th, against Jacksonville State, and Tuesday, October 10th, against Louisiana Tech. Right now, you can snag tickets to both games for the price of one. Two for one tickets, can't beat that. Secure your seats today. Visit GoBlueRaiders.com. Let's go Blue! If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Right now that time, 8.31. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning. We are now talking with Ashley Dunkerson from Adams Place. Ashley, good morning to you. Good morning. And Ashley, you are the wellness director there at Adams Place, and you've been there for quite some time. What, 14 years now? Yes, sir. You got it. Well, over those years, I'm sure you have met a lot of people, but what are some of the favorite things you enjoy most about being at Adams Place? Uh, mainly, uh, the main thing is the residents and uh, getting to know the families and doing um, incorporate activities for the families to enjoy their loved ones and just getting to know everybody and put a smile on their face. And you've got another big activity coming up, which is going to be a, a fall festival. Tell us more about that. That is correct. So uh, we typically do two big uh, events a year, and this is our fall festival. Um, we theme it and cr- uh, transform our whole courtyard into a different theme every year. So this year is a day at the fair. So we're going to transform our whole courtyard to look like the fair. We'll have Ferris wheels and lemonade stands and ticket booths and all that. And we'll have games. We'll have a quilt display. So if any residents have quilts that they've made or have been gifted, we'll display them. And we'll have just snacks and a lot of fun. That sounds like a good time. And I'm sure a lot of folks will remember their childhood when you know, the fairs used to come to town every year. So that, that should be great. Yes, sir. We're really looking forward to it this year. Now at this fair, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of grandkids, a lot of kids who are out there attending as well, who want to be a part of it. Um, so how does that work when grandkids come over to visit their grandparents? 
Yeah, so uh, we love when the grandkids come over and, you know, we send out math emails to all our families to invite them uh, to come to these events. And that's really what makes the residents days when their family comes and joins them. That's really cool that you guys keep the family in the loop by sending out emails and everything to let them know what's coming up. I'm sure that helps a lot, but it's neat when other families and, you know, extended family get involved in the care of their loved one. Yes, sir. And it's always a good time. And uh, for those listening, Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard here in Murfreesboro. And we're talking with Wellness Director Ashley Dunkerson. If anybody would like to take a tour of Adams Place, what's the best thing to do? Yes, they can get with Claire Highfill or Steve. They're in our assisted living, and they can always schedule with them or just pop in, and we'll give them a tour. Sounds good. And again, that big fair is coming up, and that's going to be specifically what, for the residents of Adams Place? Yes, residents and staff and their families. Okay, and when again is that? That is October 12th at 2 o'clock. It sounds fun. Definitely let us know how all that goes. Yes, we definitely will. And you post a lot of pictures on the social media pages for Adams Place so people can kind of see what's happening, all the fun activities at Adams Place by going to their social media page just by uh, typing in Adams Place on Facebook. Yes, that is correct. And um, either today or tomorrow, there'll be pictures of our classic car show that we had on Saturday. We had a huge success with that. So check that out in the next couple of days. Those pictures will be up as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So that went well, huh? <laughs> yes, it was great. We had about 38 cars and um, we raised a lot of money for All Star Association first year doing it. So everybody's looking forward to next year. That sounds great. Again, money raised from that went to the Alzheimer's Association. Great calls. And uh, Adam's Place, a lot happening out there. Again, Wellness Director Ashley Dunkerson. Ashley, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. That time right now, 835. You're listening to WGNS. Again, on this Monday morning, we've got more news and information coming your way in just a minute. And coming up next, we'll hear from Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris during the Commissioner Corner. Again, that comes your way next, right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. We're learning about Adam's Place. My name is Carrie Shannon. It was kind of hard to leave, but once you leave and you see where you've come to, you know that you made the right decision. Do you enjoy the food at Adam's Place? Yes, at Adam's Place, you feel like you are in an upscale restaurant. Really good food, good for you, and is very delicious. We enjoy it very much. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Call Adam's Place today at 615-904-9111. CBS News Brief. Former President Trump is expected at a courthouse in New York any moment now with a new civil trial about to begin questioning his business practices. CBS's Robert Costa is in Lower Manhattan. In this case, the judge has allotted three months for this trial. And so far, it's done little to rupture Trump's standing in the Republican presidential race. The Supreme Court plans to tackle some difficult issues in a new session beginning today. Loyola Law's Lori Levinson. There are cases regarding medication abortion that may be decided by the Supreme Court. 
as well as congressional redistricting plans from South Carolina, where there's an allegation that there's been racial gerrymandering. After a three-year pandemic pause, millions of Americans, including Lucero Cabral, who attends college in Texas, will have to resume paying student loans. It just really sucks that they promise the public something that they can't deliver on. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. There is an underground civilization underneath of the North American continent. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight, every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. Be a part of the upcoming Middle Point Landfill Open House on Wednesday, September 20th at MTSU in the North Commons. With traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. Hi, this is Mike Cutter. I am the owner of the award-winning family-owned home care agency, Honey Hill Home Care. Are you or a loved one in need of a reliable, compassionate caregiver? We take the time to match our experienced caregivers with your family member to ensure a comfortable and lasting bond. With us, you can have peace of mind knowing your loved one will receive exceptional assistance, monitoring, and companionship from a trusted caregiver they can rely on. Honey Hill has been the trusted source for home care for hundreds of families in Rutherford County over the last seven years. Learn more at HoneyHillHC.com. It's now time for the Commissioner Corner with County Commissioner Craig Harris. When you turn on the TV or listen to talk radio, you constantly hear about generations and their politics. Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, or Baby Boomers. We hear these stories, but we don't know much about them or their politics. What year was I born and what generation am I in? Most people don't know. But generational differences has long been a factor in U.S. politics. These divisions are now as wide as they have been in decades with the potential to shape politics well into the future. From immigration and race to foreign policy and the scope of the government, two younger generations, Millennial and Gen Xers, stand apart from baby boomers. And on many issues, Millennials are increasingly liberal. For us access to different generations and their influence on politics, we need to know what the different generations are and the characteristics. I will start with baby boomers. Baby boomers are a generation of people born between 1946 and 1965. They value relationships and spending time with family and friends. They are goal-centric, self-assured, and a strong belief in individualism. The reason they are called baby boomers is because of a notable boom in the number of births starting with 3.4 million babies in 1946 and averaging 4 million births a year until 1964. Around 76 million people were born, which was one-fourth of the population in the U.S. Most baby boomers are reaching retirement and receiving Social Security. They mostly identify as conservative. Generation X, which is yours truly, were born between 1965 to 1980. They are 26% of the population. They grew up with personal computers and experienced shaky economical times such as the recession in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're typically described as resourceful, independent, and are the first generation with dual incomes, single households, and more children are divorced than when baby boomers were growing up. They were the first generation to grow up with cable TV. But on the whole, Generation X will likely be the first generation whose members would not be more financially well-off than their parents were. They are somewhat conservative. The generation called Millennials were born in the years 1981 to 1996 and are 28% of the population, arguably the most scrutinized of all generations. Millennials have been taken over the workplace in various ways and have all reached adulthood. 
One of the most notable characteristics is their immense racial diversity. Millennials are the first generations to harness the power of technology and its increasing efficiency. The millennial generation is marked by events such as 9-11 or the heightened scrutiny of down-to-the-wire 2000 presidential election, and they felt the sting of the Great Recession. Millennials remain the most Democrat and liberal of all the generations. Gen Z are born from 1997 to now and are 5% of the generation. Generation Z is sometimes labeled in with millennials, even though they're quite different in many respects. The most defining characteristic is the fact they have never known a world without technology that dominates today. At most, they were only babies before the inceptions of YouTube and social media such as Facebook or Twitter. Even many millennials had some experiences prior to the rise of personal computers, let alone smartphones and social media. Because they are so young, there is no clearly defining moment for them, although events such as mass shooting in schools may be one. Very few have graduated from high school, making it nearly impossible to come up with basic definition for them. The silent generation, which was born between 1928 to 1945 and are 11% of the population, they were the rebellious attitude of the 60s. They were around for the birth of rock and roll, and many voted in the 1952 presidential election of Dwight D. Eisenhower. They participated in civil rights demonstrations, and they witnessed the assassination of John F. Kennedy. They are predominantly conservative. Okay, you told us what generations there are and their characteristics, so now what? How do they vote? Which generation has the most political power? Well, according to researchers, baby boomers control 47% of political power, followed by Gen X at 29%, silent generation at 12.1%, millennials at 10%, and Gen Z at 1.6%. Baby boomers in the silent generation control the purse strings for nearly 80% of political spending. Gen X holds 46% of all local government positions, and while millennials don't have a foothold in politics, they soon will. Something that gets lost in this discussion, however, is why exactly we care about generations of political environment. It feels to me like the vast majority of discourse on the subject is merely there for analysts to toot their horns or tout theories. Pundits often get so carried away with the generational labels themselves that they somewhat lose their meaning. Look, we are all humans. And humans like to put things in boxes with neat labels. In the end, there is no real generations or no generational divides. They're just people. If there are any subjects that you want to discuss or want me to look at, please email me at cotinc at comcast.net. This is Craig Harris, and this is the Commissioner Corner. For the Commissioner Corner, that was Commissioner Craig Harris. The views of Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris are just that, his views. They're not necessarily the views of this radio station, website, or our advertisers. Feel free to send your thoughts and ideas to Commissioner Harris by emailing him at ccotinc at comcast.net. That's ccotinc at comcast.net. At Middle Point Landfill, we strive to serve our neighbors. In Rutherford County, our community comes first. And at Middle Point, we're also mindful of how delicate our environment is, from the gently flowing water in the Stones River to the beautiful trees on the banks of J. Percy Priest Lake. We are proud to call Rutherford County home. We are Middle Point Landfill, and we are your neighbor. You can learn more about what we do by visiting middlepointlandfill.com. 
Hi, I'm Lee Colvin, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor. And while you've heard the saying, slow and steady wins the race, that same concept can be applied to long-term investing. Investing a little bit at a time on a regular basis can really add up. We call this systematic investing. And though it doesn't guarantee a profit or prevent a loss, it's a way to take advantage of market volatility instead of enduring it. Give me a call, Lee Colvin, at 615-907-7056. Edward Jones, member SIPC. When you need commercial HVAC services, trust the experts at Roscoe Brown. Our promise to you is to perform the correct service at an honest price. Our technicians have the skills, knowledge, and tools to fix most commercial HVAC problems on the spot. When your Roscoe Brown technician arrives, they'll explain all your options way before starting repairs. That way you can make an informed decision before work begins. At Roscoe Brown, we're not happy until you're happy. Roscoe Brown. RoscoeBrown.com the Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. News time right now, 846. You're listening to WGNS, your good neighbor station. And in the news today, a horse stable owner was charged with multiple counts of rape of a teenage girl after an extensive investigation. That according to a Rutherford County Sheriff's detective who released the information on Friday. Detective Amanda McPherson with the Sheriff's Office charged Jason Lancaster, age 51, of Panther Creek Road in Christiana with felony crimes on Thursday. Those crimes included two felony counts of rape three counts of statutory rape by an authority figure, three counts of sexual battery by an authority figure, and bribery of a witness, and also stalking. Lancaster is the owner of Pinnacle Stables in Christiana, where he possibly had sexual contact with other victims as well, according to Detective McPherson. She said that, quote, if you feel you have been a victim of Jason Lancaster, or Phil, you can help with information, please call me at 615-904-3190. And that is Detective McPherson's phone number. Again, 615-904-3190. You can see that on our website as well. Also, a second suspect, Leah Victory, age 23, of Low Christiana Road, was charged with conspiracy to commit tampering with evidence, and more charges are pending. Meanwhile, Jason Lancaster is being held under a $1 million bond in the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. A hearing is set for this morning in General Sessions Court. Now, during the course of the investigation, multiple horses were found to be in need of medical and nutritional attention. A total of 20 horses were removed from the Lancaster property this past week. Now, in the past, WGNS reported on Lancaster, who was a former Blackman High School teacher, and he pleaded guilty in 2009 after an arrest in 2008 to four charges that included solicitation of a minor by electronic means, solicitation of a minor to commit aggravated statutory rape, and two counts of official misconduct. He was then rearrested in year 2016. In fact, WGNS confirmed that 
that rearrest occurred on September the 6th of 2016, and Jason Lancaster was arrested for a probation violation that included the single charge of stalking. That was in 2016. Now, under the original guilty plea from 2009, he was not allowed to teach children in K through 12th grades and, in fact, lost his license from the state of Tennessee for a five-year period. The agreement allowed for the record of his arrest to be expunged by the local courts as if it never happened if he properly followed the probation period. According to reports, Lancaster, though, was rearrested August 18th on a stalking charge in 2016, which he scheduled to face a court date later in September of 2016. So again, he was arrested multiple times before on previous charges with the 09 charges dealing with solicitation of a minor. And again, Jason Lancaster rearrested. You can see the details of that rearrest on our website where he was charged with two felony counts of rape and multiple other charges as well dealing with rape. All of that is on our website at WGNSRadio.com. In other news stories, presidential debates and the mistakes that often go along with presidential debates. Does anyone really pay attention to these debates and do the debates make a difference when it comes to voting? With today's media commentary, here is MTSU professor Larry Burris. Well, the first two presidential debates are over and the candidates, well, actually the candidate wannabes, said pretty much what we expected them to and what was, in essence, a series of many speeches and personal attacks. But none of the candidates committed any serious gaffes, which is more than can be said for other encounters in the 63-year-old history of the televised debates. In the first debate, in 1960, candidate Richard Nixon refused to wear television makeup, and his decision gave him a tense, haggard image next to the fresh and vibrant John Kennedy. In 1992, another blunder helped undo another Republican candidate, President George Bush. The president was clearly uncomfortable in the more informal setting of the debate, and at one point, cameras caught him stealing a telling glance at his watch. Another mistake hurt another Republican, this time incumbent Gerald Ford, who in 1976 insisted Eastern Europe was not dominated by the Soviet Union. But the Democrats have also had their share of problems. In 1988, candidate Michael Dukakis coldly answered a question about a hypothetical rape and murder of his wife by reiterating his opposition to the death penalty and calling for an international conference to fight the spread of drugs. But the important question, of course, is not did someone make a mistake, but do the voters really care about the missteps, gaffes, and blunders? Well, there's evidence the voters don't care unless the media tell them they should. The fact is, for instance, when Ford made that mistake about Poland and Eastern Europe, polls show that the viewers later that evening and the next morning didn't think anything much had happened. It was only after a couple of days of being told what a blunder this had been, the public decided Ford had made a mistake. So, what do we get from these debates? Probably not much. The offhand remark, the nervous tick, the shifty gaze, the nasty exchange, or the funny line that brings genuine laughter is often what sticks in the public's mind after a presidential debate. These indelible moments are like video shot at a wedding. The only parts you actually remember are because you see them again and again. 
and like the neighbor's picture of their new grandchild, will hear about them again and again and again, whether they're important or not, and whether we want to or not. I'm Larry Burris. For more than 36 years, Wilson Bank & Trust has been proud to serve communities all across Tennessee. As an independent local bank, we provide banking products competitive with large banks, but delivered with personalized local service. Wilson Bank & Trust has been community-focused since 1987 and looks forward to many more. Discover the power of local community banking that truly makes a difference. Give us a call or come on by any of our local 30 locations or visit wilsonbank.com to learn more. Member FDIC. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. That time right now, 8.55. You're listening to WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947, and we appreciate you tuning in this morning and every morning. Well, the first annual Macon Music and Mules event is in the books, and coordinators say that the marriage was a success. The four-day event that started September 28th and wrapped up on October 1st yesterday was held in the Cooper Steel Arena at the Walking Horse Showgrounds in neighboring Shelbyville. That, of course, is where uh, the big celebration horse festival is held each year. Now, Uncle Dave Macon Day's president, Gloria Christie, said that this venue offered a combination of a large outdoor show area as well as huge indoor arenas. We were ready for sunshine or torrential downpour, end quote. The American Mule and music director, Marty Gordon, explained that teaming up with Uncle Dave Macon Days enhanced the entire festival experience by educating the public about old-time traditions in a fun way. He said, as we explore our future together, we can teach the old way of life, mules, and homestead skills. The partnership between American Mule and Music Association and Uncle Dave Macon Days produced a successful festival for 2023. Gloria Christie commented, You don't know what's missing until you experience it. Making Music and Mules was filled with spontaneous laughter that emerged from the crowd. Being a part of Creating Joy is why organizers continue year after year. Now, this past Friday night, Uncle Shafello and his Haint Hollow Hootenanny entertained the entire crowd with authentic string band sounds. Then Saturday night, they featured a lively performance from the jug band Jake Leg Stompers. They also joined the prestigious Hall of Fame recipients like Ricky Skaggs, Bill Monroe, Marty Stewart, and Roy Acuff. The Jake Leg Stompers were awarded the 2023 Uncle Dave Macon Days Heritage Award for a lifetime preservation and continuation of roots music in the style of Uncle Dave Macon.
Gordon said that the blending of the mule competition and the music created a unique destination event. Fans, young and old, experienced the rich nostalgia of the rural roots of Middle Tennessee. Gloria Christie went on to say that over the past 40-plus years, Uncle Dave Megan Days has been committed to preserving and perpetuating the Roots music story through the festival and an ongoing educational program with the community. She said that teaming up with the American Mule and Music Association is a positive initiative that made the preservation dream come true. Now, plans are already coming together right now for the 2024 Making Music and Mules, which will again take place in neighboring Shelbyville. If you want more information, just visit makingmusicandmules.com. Easy enough to find or go to our website and you can see this story and others. That's wgnsradio.com. News time right now, 8.58. Where earlier this morning, we gave away the Slick Pig Barbecue homemade banana pudding. We gave it away to Brandon King, who turned 23 today. So congratulations to him. And our good neighbor of the day this morning was Sarah Wade. Sarah Wade was nominated as good neighbor for her countless hours of work that she puts in as the volunteer president of the Rutherford County Master Gardeners Association. Sarah Wade, our good neighbor, receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the entire family out there at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Ryan Flowers is at 117 South Academy Street in downtown Murfreesboro. Congratulations to Sarah Wade, our good neighbor of the day. That time right now, 8.58. If you'd like to nominate a good neighbor, all you have to do is go to WGNSRadio.com forward slash good neighbor. Then tell us all about that next good neighbor or who you think the next good neighbor should be. In other news, the Child Advocacy Center is calling all golfers for their 13th annual turkey tee-off. That according to the Child Advocacy Center's leadership team member, Jessica Wachek. She said, come out and enjoy a fun golf tournament and the funds raised will support critically needed services for child abuse victims. That turkey tee-off golf tournament is scheduled for November 4th, which is a Saturday at the Smyrna Golf Course, which is on Sam Ridley Parkway. Registration and breakfast begin at 8 a.m. on that Saturday, and the tee-off starts at 9. You can have your team picture taken and put on, of course, your best golfing skills and put them to the test. And then also you can bid on items during their silent auction, which will be held. Plus, I'll have a box lunch brought to you by Slick Pig Barbecue after your first round of golf on that Saturday, November 4th. Should be a lot of fun, and it's for a great cause. Stay with us. We have got more news coming your way next from CBS.